Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. It is Monday, June 23rd, 2014. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully this podcast will bring you some sort of entertainment on your Monday, whether it be your drive to or from work. Uh, you could be at the gym. You could be on your lunch break. Like I said last week, this that's one of the best things about podcasts is listening to it at your own leisure. I just I can't get enough of it. This week, we will be looking into the world of filmmaking, but from behind the scenes with director of the upcoming indie film Patient, Jason Sheedy. And I believe I also mentioned in the outro last week that one of the leads in this movie is a former Nerd Cave and Derek Diamond Experience guest, Brett Brooks. So hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation that I had with Jason. It was really fun getting to talk how the film was made, uh, kind of looking at the film from a director's point of view, which we haven't done on this show yet. And just talking film in general is one of my favorite things to do. And what's funny is whenever I hit the record button to do this intro, I was thinking, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to talk about. We did start back uh, with the Wahoos with Home Games uh, this past Thursday, I want to say. And Saturday, which was a lot of fun, we had our Lego night, which we like to have different theme nights uh, every couple of weeks. The players had jerseys that where the sleeves looked like they were made out of Legos, and we had uh, an artist who actually made a Lego sculpture of a guy holding a baseball bat, which is currently sitting at our stadium, which is pretty awesome. I mean, I, I grew up playing with Legos like a bunch of kids my age and probably younger. But I will give the quick review of this before we move on to our guest. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check out the Lego movie. It came out last week, and I saw it in theaters like right before it went out of theaters. And it's honestly one of the best movies that I've seen in quite a while. It's probably in my top three or four for movies that I've seen this year. It's kind of like, and I've used this comparison with a couple of people, and those that have seen it actually agree with me, it's kind of like this generation's Toy Story, where it has the kid appeal, obviously, but the story is great, and it really appeals to everybody. Like It also appeals to the older kids who grew up with Legos when they first came out, and it appeals to kids today, obviously, because you've got the Lego Batman, the Lego Superman, and all kinds of various Lego characters that you see. So definitely check that out, because it's you'll enjoy it. It's really, really great. But like I said, I don't really have that much to discuss uh, for this intro. Uh, Actor Factor is on a bit of a hiatus, so I haven't uh, worked on set anymore since last week. But hopefully I will get to do that soon. So sit back and listen to this really enjoyable conversation that I had with patient director Jason Sheedy. Back here on the Derek Diamond Experience and on the line I have my special guest this week, the director of the upcoming film Patient, 
Mr. Jason Sheedy. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Derek. Thanks for having me today. No problem. No problem. Thank you very much for coming on the show. So I think we, our mutual contact was uh, Brett Brooks, who I understand is actually in your movie. Yeah, he actually plays the uh, one of the lead roles in the film. It turns out he can draw and act, um, so he's a you know double threat there. But he's he's a man of many talents. He is a man of many talents. I'll be flattered to know that we're just straight up opening this up by complimenting him. So <laughs> I'll have to make sure to send it to him when this comes out. For sure. So where exactly are you from? I am from a uh, really small town called Morris, Illinois. It's about, um, I guess, like an hour south of Chicago. The way that I always reference it is um, if anyone's ever seen the Blues Brothers from Joliet J, we're about 20 minutes from Joliet. So most people can uh, get that. But the generation's starting to kind of get behind us now. So if you say Blues Brothers, some people are like, what? So. Yeah, I I know exactly how that feels. I work at a minor league baseball park, and sometimes we'll show clips from old movies, like if there's a pitching change or whatever, and one of them we show is the Blues Brothers, and people get confused by it. Mm-hmm. it it's crazy. It makes me feel old. <laughs> I know the feeling. So are, are you still in Illinois, or where are you currently living? Uh, I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I went to school down in Savannah at the Savannah College of Art and Design and got a degree in film there. So I, um, uh, shortly after I graduated, uh, ended up going out to LA for a little while and then um, decided I wanna, wanted to get into writing a few feature screenplays and it was far more afford- affordable down south. So <laughs> I made that move. Uh, I actually lived with Brett for a while when we wrote our first feature together um, and then I uh, relocated to the city. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, what's uh, what's crazy is I've noticed that a lot of film and TV are now being filmed like in the South. Like I know Walking Dead films in Atlanta. A lot of movies are shot in New Orleans and in Atlanta and the surrounding areas. So it's it's kind of crazy to think about that we have these big productions that are actually going on not too far from us. Yeah, it's definitely grown. I mean, it, even just the time that I've graduated, I've seen there's been a ton of stuff that's just come. I mean, yeah, I mean, very good uh, reference there. I mean, The Walking Dead sort of seemed like it was the, uh, I mean, it's not the catalyst, I guess. Like, it didn't bring things here, but it was sort of one of the bigger shows that came out that sort of put us on the map, I think, at least in more recent uh, more recent years. And then, uh, yeah, there's been there's been quite a few productions that have come big and small. Um, when we filmed our feature here, um, uh, I mean, I guess for most people in the bigger companies, it's the incentives and stuff. There's a lot of uh, versatility, I think, to the landscapes here, and um, you know, chicken and waffles are good. So you get a lot to you get a lot to you know go off of. Yeah, you can't go wrong with chicken and waffles. You really can't. It's it's just delicious. <laughs> yeah, I had that for the first time. We have like a local southern cafe here, and one of the things they had is uh, chicken and waffles. And I'd never had it before, and everybody recommended it, and I tried it, and I get it every time I go there now. It's delicious. It is. Most people, it's just that combination of like, oh, it's like salt and chocolate, I guess. You know, it's just, they just work together, fried chicken and waffle batter. It's just match made in heaven, so. Yeah, if you haven't had it, definitely try chicken and waffles. (laughs) We fully endorse chicken and waffles. Yes. So what made you want to go into film? Like, did you grow up a huge movie buff or is it something that kind of came along later in life? Um, yeah, I guess I grew up, um, the earliest memories that I have where I, I started, I guess, to like, uh, gain an interest in film was 
there was a show on Discovery Channel. Uh, I'm going to take you back to the 90s. Um, it was called Mega Movie Magic. It might have just been movie magic, and they might have, like, added the mega after, like, the late 90s went into, like, extreme phase when, like, nothing was normal anymore. It was extreme this and extreme that. It might have it might have had a name change, but uh, they did a lot of, like, special effects behind the scenes, and I just got really interested in kind of seeing how they brought, like, you know, monsters and stuff like that to life. And um, so initially, my initial interests, I guess, were sort of rooted in the, the special effects, um, which at the time were, were primarily practical effects and um, working with different things. I mean, Jurassic Park was a big thing, you know, seeing the giant animatronic dinosaur and uh, those kind of things that I guess for me, seeing those as a kid growing up were like, wow, like how did they do this? Uh, and just that initial interest of trying to figure out what what it was that, you know, they were able to bring some of these things to screen, you know, on life and just, um, I, I guess from there it sort of took off into, I actually segued in a weird way and got into animation and was drawing and kind of doing comics, uh, similar to how Brett was, just at a very, very uh, diminished <laughs> state. I was never I was never the best at it, but I, I could draw, I, could, I can draw this dog really well. I mean, you give me 30 seconds and I can draw you this pretty cool dog. But uh, anyway, so I, so there's a special effects interest that turned in sort of an animation interest. And then after that, um, I started stealing my parents' video camera and going out with my buddies around my neighborhood, just filming little things. Um, you know, we'd go film like SNL parodies in one of my friends' basements that lived down our street. We would go take the camera and do uh, a lot of like just little horror films and kind of just stupid stuff that I would never show anybody, but I look back on now and cherish because it's just fun. You know, I basically have from like sixth or seventh grade up until. I mean, my senior of high school sort of catalog through these various short films and uh, little things that we did. So, um, but yeah, I, I sort of got, I got a, a taste for writing and for directing and for basically sort of controlling all these elements that were uh, required to sort of tell a story to somebody and just getting this thrill out of, you know, putting something together and showing it in front of my friends and, you know, eating popcorn and treating it like the whole movie experience. And there's just so much so much satisfaction that came out of, I mean, being able to tell a story to an audience, you know, and have them react the way you want them to, um, which is sometimes very difficult. And I, of course, you know, people laugh at <laughs> horror movies and stuff that we would do now, but you know, at the time and for what we were doing, we, we were able to sort of, uh, you know, work with stories and work with, uh, things that we thought were fun and entertaining and, uh, you know, kept us out of trouble. So, or put us in trouble either yeah, that, that's really, really cool. That reminds me of a lot of stuff that me and my friends used to do. Because when I first started becoming interested in doing film, we did the same thing. Like, we would take an old video camera to, like, our church getaways, and we would make, like, a mini documentary. And then we we did the whole sketch comedy thing, and we made a couple of short films. Nothing really spectacular but you know we we had a lot of fun doing it just the process is a lot of fun and just getting to do stuff with friends like that and see everybody having a good time is great oh definitely and there's something i think there's something to say and you'd probably agree because it sounds like you had a very similar childhood it's there's something so uh, there was something so fun and i guess like um easy about doing it back then because you could just kind of go out and you could make something and be satisfied with it even if it was mediocre or you know, laughable at best, you know, when you go back and look at it now, whereas the type of productions that we're trying to do now, it's like, you know, you've got to, you've got to look at it from every angle and there's, there's far more work that goes into, you know, producing the film and developing it and making sure you're covered legally and making sure you've, you know, got decent food for people on set that's, you know, just not pizza, but don't, don't get me wrong, I love pizza, I'd eat it every day of the week if I could, 
but you know, it's just it's it's I almost miss the um, the simplicity of just being able to go out, you know, with a camera that has half a charged battery, knock on my friend's door, and be like, "Hey, let's go make a movie," you know, and then three hours later, you got yourself a film. But <laughs> I mean, I guess you were much easier to please when you were, a, you know, a child. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what were some of your favorite movies growing up? Uh, the first favorite movie that I ever had, and I guess one that's remained my favorite, has to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, the oh, first that's a good one. Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, I think simply because it was the first time I'd seen a film, and um, I, I mean, I, I can remember, I remember the memory of watching the film vividly, and it, I, my folks had put it on for me, and I think my sisters were kind of in and out, but, you know, it was like eight or nine at night, it was... I was laying on the living room floor, just kind of like my head, you know, being propped up in my hands, just eyes glazing, like staring at this character. Uh, and I think what that film did is is sort of like how I uh, how I like to make films now, and I, it ended up being sort of the formula for what kind of movies I really liked. Which, I mean, it's kind of general, but I, it's it's basically this interesting story that's driven by you know a very memorable character. I mean, somebody like Indiana Jones. It's like you know you'd rev- you'd recognize him in a silhouette. You know, most people it's a household name, but just the the fact that they were able to create this character, um, you know, where where the story itself was just as effective as the character, and I, I there was something happening in that film too that also kind of reminded me of sort of an older, I guess for lack of a better term, like classic Hollywood style, uh, even though right. it was in the '80s. But um, it, it just it sort of it's to me it felt like it merged this sort of new sensibility to filmmaking, but but not ignoring the uh, sort of the classics and the way that film was shaped. It, it just had this very, um, I guess, glamorous feel for me. You know, I, I saw that and I was just like, wow, I want to work in movies. This is, this is the real deal. This is cool stuff. Um, I mean, there were, there were other films certainly growing up too that I think uh, sort of inspired me and led me to what kind of films that I wanted to make. Uh, some of those were Back to the Future was a big one. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was another one. Um, and uh, Patient, the film that we just ended up doing, the feature is a horror thriller film. So, I mean, there were definitely horror films. I actually wasn't a huge horror fan when I was a kid, not because I didn't like them, but because I was just a, I guess a wuss. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I remember seeing Poltergeist, and um, have, have you seen Poltergeist? I have not. There is a scene with a clown doll that messed me up for a long time, and I remember... I remember it's it's probably I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like twenty or thirty minutes left in the film after this clown doll. Maybe it's less. Clown doll attacks this kid, and I remember seeing that. And I was watching with my dad. I remember just burying my head like in his armpit, which wasn't bad because he, he was you know good with the deodorant, so it was actually quite refreshing. But I remember just <laughs> just listening to the rest of the movie. Like I could not, I couldn't bring myself to to stare out, and I just remember hearing all these horrifying sounds and like. And then it was. It wasn't until like three or four years later where I actually sat down and forced myself to watch the the end of Poltergeist. That was two weeks ago. No, that was a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> I, that that was a big one for me. It just it 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 sort of was like a it it was a horror film in the sense that it was definitely horrifying, but it wasn't it wasn't too I guess like it wasn't all blood and guts. It had a great story. It still had that sort of classic Hollywood feel to it, and it's just it's a very memorable movie. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. So. It's- no, sorry. Go ahead, man. I was just gonna say that's one thing that I really like about Spielberg is that he has so much respect for the process and the people who made movies that came before him. Which is he still shoots on film because he says if it's good enough for these people that made these great movies decades ago, then it's good enough for him. Whereas he still does cool new things, but still 
kind of pays tribute to the old style of film. Definitely. And that's, I mean, um, the, the company I co-founded with my uh, buddy here, a guy I graduated from Savannah's, it's called Return Style. And that's sort of been our mantra for the kind of films we've done. Um, and it, I mean, the name Return Style, there's actually two meanings. Uh, one of them is the real meaning, which is way funnier than this one. But I, yeah, and it's just, it's just that idea of wanting to return to sort of an older style of filmmaking. There was just something so... Um, I, I can't think of the right word, but there was something so, I, I mean, there was sort of a glamour and a, and a purity to these older movies that you see that I, it's just, it sort of encapsulated the magic of making movies. And you don't, I don't think you get to see that as much anymore. Um, and that's not to say that we don't have, you know, great films coming out because we certainly do. And it, it'd be, you know, unfair to say that. But yeah, I, I really, I grew up with these movies that to me sort of, I mean, became classics in their own right in their respective genres. But just for me, they really encapsulate, encap- whatever that word is. The, encapsulated. Um, encapsulated. There it is. I forgot the S. Uh, they, they, they sort of molded that classic style and, but brought something new to the table and I thought that was very, very cool and very memorable. Um, some of the other films I can think of off the top of my head in the horror S or in the horror genre would be uh, George Romero's Dead series, um, Up Through Day of the Dead, the rest of them after that. <laughs> no, they're all, I mean, they all have their place but I mean, Dawn of the Dead was always my personal favorite. Um, John Carpenter's The Thing was great. The Evil Dead series um, from Sam Raimi. Um, I also love Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain is a, it's a great movie. It's happy. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. So what was the moment that you decided you were going to pursue this dream of making movies? Um, I guess I think uh, in high school was when I sort of in high school is when I made the decision that, hey, I actually want to go to school for this and like pursue this as a career, not just you know something I do on the weekends. And um, I was probably like a sophomore. Um, well, I take that back. I was probably like a somewhere in the freshman sophomore range. I, I mean, I had been making uh, little films probably since like sixth or seventh grade, somewhere around there. I can't really remember, but um, I guess the, the the moment that I decided that I wanted to do it seriously and potentially make a living out of it was in high school when you know, you started getting asked those questions like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And all those, you know, heavy questions that people expect you to answer in, you know, one sentence where it's like, that's a loaded question. We're going <laughs> to, but yeah, so I mean, it was definitely around the time that I thought, you know, hey, I'm going to pursue this. I want to look at some schools. And um, I had checked out um, Full Sail and I looked at their program and I looked at SCAD and I was able to get a scholarship through SCAD. So I, I ended up choosing them. And uh, I liked, the, you know, the area too. It was, it was a really cool place to go to school. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I would say that that was about the time that I decided that, hey, I want to try to do this for a living and be able to live with it. So, And did you go to L.A. immediately after graduating? Uh, it wasn't immediately. I think it was uh, probably, let me think here, I graduated in May and I went to L.A. I went to L.A. that, that uh, next year, that January of that next year. So there was a good half oh, okay. year, I guess, that passed before I went. And um, I'd gone out there because I'd, I'd gotten a uh, an internship opportunity through the American Cinema Editors. Um, that's what I mainly do. Um, I mean, as of now, and sort of like um, my, my career as of right now is that I'm a freelance editor uh, and motion graphics artist. So I do a lot of um, work with that. I mean, that's how I make all my money, pay my bills, eat my Taco Bell. So I was, um, I applied for this internship and went out there and I didn't get the full internship, but they were kind enough to give me an honorary internship where I got to, um, basically go around to different productions for a few weeks and sort of just hang out with the editors and the assistant editors and kind of get to know what they did, what did. And, um, after that I transitioned into some free work, um, 
I did a job once for tickets to Universal Studios and some Bagel Bites. Uh, <laughs> nice. But it was awesome. He was a cool guy to work with. Um, and then I also, um, I jumped out of this show, this uh, cooking show web series. And then from that, I got a job at a like a little boutique editing parlor, editing parlor, editing shop. And was there for a few months. And then I'd, I'd been talking with Brett about, um, Brett and Kyle, who I ended up finding, uh, founding the company with, about just kind of moving forward. And I, I liked editing. And I, I mean, I love editing. I, it's, but I, I wanted to sort of come back to that point. Uh, where I was a kid, where I was like, "Hey, I want to be in charge again. I want to be writing this stuff. I want to be directing it. I want to, I want to be telling stories." So uh, that's ultimately sort of what drove me to get Brett on the phone and be like, "Hey, I'm going to be working on a story, but it's a feature. I've never done one. Do you want to help me out?" Um, and from then on, we just we sort of dove into that and for I guess probably the next year. Uh, worked on this script, uh, which is called Continental currently, which was a comedy, um, and. Uh, we we sort of realized, I guess, into it that it was going to be a little bit more ambitious and it was going to require a little bit more funding than we had hoped, um, or than we'd hoped, a little bit more funding than we thought it was going to. So we sort of shifted gears, and Kyle was actually in New York visiting a friend of ours, um, and they had seen some movie on Netflix, some like I guess really low budget horror movie, and he said, you know, what if we what if we did a horror film? And I was just like, I love horror films, let's do a horror films. So we so Brett and I basically sat down and brainstormed and got into the process of writing a script specifically for a lower budget, um, something that we were going to be able to shoot regardless of, you know, anything. The first script we did, we kind of, we had a budget in mind, but we weren't really considering it, I guess, from the, a realistic point of view or what we thought was realistic at that point in our lives. And then uh, that's, that's how Patient was born, is that we sat down and just basically wrote a script that catered to the kind of budget we thought and slash, you know, knew we were going to be able to get uh, for the film. Awesome. So you were the director of it. Did you have any other jobs, or were you just solely the director slash uh, writer? Um, so I was, yeah, so I co-wrote with Brett, and then I directed it. I also am editing it right now, and I'm doing some sound design. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I like, I'm, I'm one of those directors that sort of likes to, to help out probably a little too much, in, you know, all the various departments. I mean, I, I like to have a pretty heavy hand and stuff. I, I don't like to step on toes in the sense of, you know, taking away people's creativity. Um, but I, I definitely like to have, you know, a control over everything to make sure that everything's meshing together well. And I mean, most people would, and most filmmakers, I think would yeah. agree with me in that sense that you, you've got to sort of have. You know, you've got to have something in everything just to make sure that once this film is all said and done, that you know it's it's maintained the vision and there's not, you know, it's it's that represent it's as close of a representation as you initially thought it would be. So, uh, but yeah, um, could you take us through like for those that may not know the process of what the director does when a film is in production? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, normally, what the director does is he cracks open an RC cola. And some fruit roll-ups. <laughs> you just kick your like, you know, you run around like a madman and uh, try to prevent death. No, you. Uh, it's very. I mean, it's. And I guess I'll, I'll, I'll follow that statement with the idea that I mean, patient was a great challenge. It was the first feature that I've ever done, and um, it's. I, I had heard somebody say it once, and maybe it's a famous saying is, in, in relevant to film specifically, that you can never be too prepared and. You know, I mean, I, I did as much as I could, and it's still it's still not enough. You you just got to go into it with the, I guess, anticipating that you know things are going to go wrong, and things aren't necessarily going to be as as flawless as you want them to. But it's it's sort of how you handle those, and um, you know, I think overall I was able to sort of, uh, you know, keep myself 
going and I, I mean, I had a great crew and a, I mean, a great cast, people that were very easy to work with and like wanted to help. And, um, I mean, we're just great at their jobs. So, you know, stuff like that makes it easy. Um, but yeah, so the director, what I, what I start off doing, um, basically, so after writing the film, I'll take the script and I will do a script analysis. So I will basically take each page of the script and break it down. Um, and this is something I sort of picked up in school and I've kind of put my own twist on, but, um, Basically, you know, I'll be, I'll be marking down like, you know, character arcs, emotional beats, um, specific actions of the characters, you know, uh, mainly sort of mapping out the subtext of the script so that when it's time to direct the actors, I can give them something that's not on the page that's helpful. Because um, a lot of times when you read a script, uh, and I think that's that's where sort of the biggest role the director comes in is, you know, you're, you're sort of adding the subtext because it, a good writer will be able to, to put that into a script and you'll be able to sort of pick up on that. But I think how the film ends up becoming your vision is how you sort of interpret that subtext and mold it, you know, to your character. So, um, I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. I'll do a script analysis. I'll do a shot list. Um, and uh, what, what I've done mostly nowadays too, is I'll set everything up on Google docs, you know, so I can share with my uh, director of photography. Um, and we can go over it and basically, you know, map out as much as humanly possible. So that when it comes time to shoot the thing, you know, we've got a shot list, we've got, you know, we've got, this shot's going to cover this many lines. It's going to be framed like this. We're going to shoot it on this lens. You know, it's going to have this kind of tone. This is the main, you know, mission of the shot. And just break that down per each shot until ultimately you've got a Google Doc with, you know, 800 shots in it that you're breaking down by day. And um, so, yeah, I mean, those those to me are the, the biggest things are doing a script analysis and doing a shot list just so you're prepared in terms of how you're going to direct your actors and then also how you're going to shoot the scene. Um, Aside from that, it's a lot of, um, for me, it was a lot of, you know, in touching base with um, the people who are building the set and finding props. You know, I actually found a lot of props myself uh, on eBay just because I had a very specific idea of how I needed some of them to be. And it's actually a period piece. Patientess, um, we don't have a, a sort of concrete date, but it's, you know, set somewhere in the late 70s, early 80s, that kind of time period. Um, so there was a lot of props to get. And, you know, there's a lot of options for stuff like that. And it's just kind of, picking things and trying to mold things to sort of fit whatever sort of crazy vision it might be in your head and trying to recreate that as best as possible. So, yeah. Did you have any, uh, on screen role or did you work solely behind the scenes? Oh man, I have so many cameos. <laughs> <laughs> I have more cameos than I should have. Well, let me explain <laughs> the first few times just for novelty, <laughs> you know, how, Hey, I just want to be able to look at my mom while we're watching this and go, Hey, that's me in the background and soft focus. <laughs> um, and then some of it's just for the, the, I mean, some of it is a little bit more practical. Like there were certain scenes where I would be, I would be somebody's hands. Um, Cause it would just be, it would just be a matter of, you know, making, and it's some of it, some of it was just for the respect of like our talent. You know, if we were running on a longer day and we still needed a couple shots left and it was just a shot of somebody's hand with a glove on, it's like, I can do that and you can go home and, you know, rest up. So that way you're, you're ready to go tomorrow. And, you know, I can take the heat off of, you know, having to keep you here any later. Um, so there's stuff like that. Um, like I said, some of it is just for the sake of novelty, just being able to go back and, hey, that's me. Um, I can't remember all of them. I mean, if I sat down, it, it has to be, I've got to be in this movie at least probably 15 times where you actually see me. That's awesome. Um, so there's <laughs> there's quite a few. I can't think of any specific instances at the moment, but there's there's quite a few times where it's, and it, like I said, it's just me in the background or it's my hands or something like that, so. Yeah, every director's got to have a cameo in his movies. Oh yeah, totally. No, I agree. It's just it's just something you've got to do. I was 
originally going to cast myself as a, a character. I've, I've done a little bit of acting. I'm, I'm in no means, by no means an actor, but like I said, it was just for sort of the novelty. And then I sort of came to terms with how much of a bad idea that would be and <laughs> went from there. So when you grew up and you wanted to go into film, you just had sole interest in working behind the scenes? Yeah, I, I mean, I acted in, uh, I mean, I guess I've acted in a lot of, I still act in stuff to this day. If it's just like fun little projects. Um, right. You know, just stuff, I mean, stuff I did with my friends. Yeah, I, I would, we all sort of participate and, you know, handed the camera back and forth. So I, I grew less and less, I guess, um, in front of, I, I grew more and more behind the scenes as I went on just because it's a lot easier to work behind the camera if you're trying to, you know, control the thing. But um, yeah, I, I definitely like acting. I think it's something that I, I wouldn't mind getting more into, but at the time being, it's not it's not a focus or anything like that. So, yeah. So, what exactly is patient about? Like you explained how you came up with the idea, but what would you say would be the plot or the synopsis for the movie? Patient is uh, it's it's a horror thriller. Um, it's it's sort of it puts you in the place of Rachel, who is paralyzed from the waist down, uh, and you are with her as she sort of goes through this fear of not only being paralyzed and you know having suffered a, a, a serious trauma from ending up in the hospital, but also sort of with her as she has to deal with these uh, these malevolent spirits and forces that are basically trying to control her fate throughout her stay at the hospital. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mystery thriller. I think it's, it's got a lot of potential to be very unnerving at times, but also I think is a very uh, intriguing story in the sense that, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily get to find out what happens, you know, right away. You have to sort of stick through the film and... Um, I think we keep you, you know, we give you enough to keep you interested. So, uh, but yeah, it was just, it's in the, the premise of the film, we, we wanted to hark back to, uh, for me personally, and I know Brett was in this a little bit, the, the horror thriller films of the sort of the late 70s and early 80s, films like uh, The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby, The Shining. Um, the inspiration from those films in that sense was that they took this horror element um, and they brought it into the home and they brought it into real life situations. So you have, you know, something like The Exorcist, where a demon possesses a little girl in her bedroom. You know, there's there's nothing more bringing, like, there's no other way to bring something in the home like that than that movie. I mean, you, you're literally bringing something into the home. And I think there was something really interesting about how those movies were able to basically, you know, cause audiences to be terrified of spaces that you encounter every day. You know, it's it's not like a film like, for example, Alien, where, you know, it's in space and it's sort of, it's something that you can't really touch or feel, you know, on a daily basis. Don't get me wrong, Alien's an awesome movie, it's a classic film, but a film like The Exorcist or like The Shining, you know, puts these, puts these horror elements and situations and locations that you could, you could very readily go to. And I think there's something very interesting about that. And that's sort of where we uh, started with the groundwork for Patient. That's awesome. And the fact that it's a a feature is even more impressive because I, I don't know if I could put together a feature right now. I mean, I'd, I'd have enough trouble putting together a short film, but for you to actually be able to make a feature-length movie is impressive. I think that's great. That's, no, that's very flattering. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it was definitely a challenge. I mean, I, I certainly won't hide behind the fact that it was, it was a good challenge, and it, it definitely shaped me as a filmmaker further. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of hard work, and it, it will continue to be until we finish it. So there's definitely that. There's that element of, of kind of coming to terms with like, hey, that was, we did it, but that was a challenge. Like that you just, there's a certain, there's that respect for, you know, because most people will go and see a movie these days and, you know, um, if, if they don't like it, it's a very, it's very easy to blow that movie off and say, well, that sucked, you know, and um, 
granted there's 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 different movies for different people and there's there's different situations you know like obviously some companies and studios have more financial resources than others and stuff but I don't know there's there's so much work that goes into it it's definitely I mean I appreciate the fact that yeah you understand that you know it's not something that we just woke up one day and decided we wanted to do and you know ended up doing it it's something that we've been working on uh, for about two years now we'll probably be working on you know at least for the next uh, four to five months um, yes. So yeah, it's it's time consuming, but it's it's very it's well worth it. I mean, it's very very satisfying and um, very well worth it. Yeah, for sure. Before I forget, I, I wanted to. And it's going to sound like I'm jumping around a little bit, but before I forget to ask, uh, I ask you what some of your favorite films were growing up. But what are some that have come out recently in say like the last few years that you really enjoy? The films that I can think of off the top of my head, uh, well, some of my some of my favorite directors from recent years, um, a big one, and he seems to be a pretty much, a, I guess, a fan favorite at the moment is uh, Edgar Wright. But um, he did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Uh, he just did The World's End. He's Scott Pilgrim. He's done uh, he's done quite a few films. But he's been he's been a big inspiration as of lately, just because he's very much aligned sort of with how I how I view making movies and just the, the, the sort of the thought and the care that goes into the movies he makes. Everything is sort of, it has the, has a sense that it's very meticulously planned and thought out. And um, I've always enjoyed, uh, Hot Fuzz is my personal favorite film that he's done. I totally agree. Um, great movie. Just, a, I mean, it's that buddy cop movie, but it's so fun and just does a lot for the, um, for the comedy, for the action. Really great. Um, another film I can think of is Looper. Uh, I really enjoyed Looper. Um, that director did Brick also, which was a cool. I mean, that's back in the day, but uh, I thought Looper was great. It just to me, Looper sort of took um, kind of the model. It felt like it borrowed some stuff from older films, but put a new spin on sort of the time travel and uh, and again, a very very simple premise. I mean, you break it down to you know like one sentence. You know, it's just like a guy who's in charge of killing people in the future finds himself you know sent from the future and he's got to kill him. So I, you know, but being able to craft a story around that is just such a cool idea and I, I really like the conflict and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a personal favorite actor of mine so yeah. uh, that helps um, as far as I'm trying to think of some other ones I mean uh, Inception I loved Inception I thought that was a great yeah that's uh, a great one that was a great film That's I'm trying to think of movies that I've seen more than once in the theater <laughs> um, I like um, I can't think of a film I've seen recently by him but uh, Gilmero del Toro is another I, I, I Sort of, I, I got into him in more recent years as opposed to, you know, when I was growing up, him and Edgar Wright, both of them, uh, yeah. for Nolan. So, I don't know, there's, I, I really, I don't have a, a set, I guess, kind of film that I've I've grown to love of recent years. That I've, I've been a lot into horror. I've been finding myself going into Netflix and sort of checking out the independent films that come out. And uh, I mean, Netflix is great for that because you get to see a lot of, um, a lot of films you don't get to see anywhere else. So, I mean, there's, there's quite a few on Netflix I've been watching, so... Um, that's really cool to be able to just to lay down at night and pop that on and be like, oh, independent horror film that looks interesting. Let's go. Netflix is so great. It really is. I mean, and, and they're programming too. They're, I mean, I've, I've been watching. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah, it has. Um, I mean, I, I haven't, I, I sort of was in and out of the first season. I didn't catch up, but I've, I've watched a couple, I've watched episodes of my girlfriend, Orange is the New Black. I mean, it's just, they have very interesting stories and they're, they're not afraid, I think, to tell stories that you wouldn't expect, you know, offhand. And, um, I don't know. I've really grown to, to I guess appreciate the ability just to, I mean, have the local video store that you know I grew up down my street on an iPad. Now it's just kind of cool. So, yeah, I love the. I haven't got a chance to watch any of them, but I love the concept of these Netflix 
series like Orange is the New Black, like House of Cards, and they put mm-hmm. the last episode, uh, last season of Arrested Development on Netflix. And I think that that's going to get more popular as the years go on because Definitely. you can, they upload the entire season onto Netflix and you can just watch it at your own leisure, which is kind of what society has turned into. Like it's, you don't have to be at the TV at a certain time to watch a show. And if you don't see it, you'll miss it. You can just pop it in whenever you want. Yeah, definitely. I know people too now, um, that won't watch a TV show like when it airs, like they'll wait until the season's available on Netflix or until they can download it on iTunes so they can watch it, you know, all the way through so they don't have to wait. I mean, hey, it makes sense, I guess, because some of those shows, they just make you mad. You know, they end the episode and you're just like, ah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Do you have any funny on-set stories from Patient that you can tell? Um, let me think. I mean, there are quite a few. <laughs> um, I know I put I know I put you on the spot with that one, but no, that's cool. It's cool. Uh, I mean, there's definitely there was a um, actually. You know what? Before I forget, uh, I just thought of a couple horror directors I've sort of been following. Um, James Wan is one. He did The Conjuring, Insidious, he did the original Saw. Uh, Ty West is another big one. Um, the last, the most recent movies got coming out is so Sacrament. I haven't seen it yet, but. Um, he did the innkeepers, and my personal favorite of his is the House of the Devil. Uh, he was—he's sort of gotten known for his ability to do this like really slow burn, you know, film. Where I don't know if you've ever seen any of his movies, but they're very—they're very slow burn. But he—he's sort of becoming—he's gotten very good at building suspense. And I mean, when I see his movies, I, I know I can count on, you know, basically just sort of biting my nails, just like waiting for something to happen. And he's very good at establishing um, tension or establishing suspense and building tension. So uh, I really like those guys. Um, so funny set stories from patients. Well, let me think about this. There are a number of things I can think of. Uh, there's so many times that I put my actress through just absolute (laughs) chaos. Uh, Annie Reese, very, very cool actress to work with. Very patient, ironically, not ironically, whatever. Anyway, she, um, (laughs) I because there was stuff that I mean there's there's just stuff as a director I mean it's you don't think about you know right off the bat where you know or you're 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 pumping through shots so quick and it's just like I, I remember there was at one point you know where it's just like you know you've got a, you've got a really emotional scene coming up and you haven't you haven't figured that you've got to you know something comes up and you've got to move this shot in front of this shot and it's like oh hey in this shot you know I need you to be you know like you know all of a sudden it's just like you've got to work from hey we're having a good time to seriously though you're gonna cry you know uh, but she I put her through so much stuff I mean we I've had her you know falling on the floor I've got goo and all this stuff like falling all over her just fake fake vomit you know stuff that I'm just putting her through a mess. There was a uh, scene where we had an IV bottle that appears to be boiling, um, an IV, like an old IV glass thing. And we actually, the effect was we hooked it up to a pressure washer, um, or a, I guess like a pressure pump, and we were pumping the water in to give it sort of the bubble effect. And I mean, we, we knew we only had like a given amount of time before, it, you know, the pressure would build up inside and it would just, it would fight back. And of course it did. And, I was the one that sort of got the hit on that. <laughs> so the pressure built up and I mean it just I mean we're lucky the glass didn't explode. <laughs> and it just shot out and it got us soaked, you know. In that same scene I'm I'm I've got like food color and I just I don't know, there's um you know, it's just a lot of it's just little stuff like that. We try to have a good time on set, you know, we'll we'll I like to sing and dance and 
you know, at, at the end of the day, it's you have to remember that you're making a movie, and you know, and although it is, you know, it's it's part it's part business, and it's it's the fact that you do want to succeed, so you have to you have to have that business mindset. But the reason, you know, you can't forget the whole reason you got into it, which was that you enjoy it and you know to have a good time, and that's yeah. something I think I had to, I did have to tell myself that you know every now and then because you know you just get naturally stressed out or overwhelmed, you know, trying to get everything done. And, but at the end of the day, it's just like I'm making a movie with my friends. Like this is this is a huge blessing, and I've got to be thankful. And uh, you know, and, and once you rationalize that thought, it's just like I don't know, it's just awesome because it's that's what it is. You're just you're just you know waking up to make a movie with your buddies, and it's a, it's a really fun time. Um, funny set stories. Those weren't that funny. <laughs> no, those no, those were good. Those were really good, actually. Um, we finish with patient. Do you have any other uh, upcoming projects that you're working on? As of right now, I don't have anything um, other than just some some scripts, sort of like uh, in development or just that we're working on. Um, I I tend to be the kind of filmmaker that if I'm working on a project, I generally like to to keep it. I, I definitely like to keep my mind free in the sense that I would like to work on one project at a time, just so I'm ensuring that that project's getting all of my intent, uh, all of my attention, and giving me the opportunity to, I mean, to fully focus on how to make that the best film possible. So, I mean, I think that I'm, I'm kind of like, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, I think I am that. I guess I am that kind of that filmmaker where I wouldn't mind, you know, spending a year or two working on something, you know, if it, if it means, you know, making that film the best it can be, as opposed to jumping on too many projects at once and. You know, spreading yeah. myself too thin. So, uh, yeah. So for the moment, I'm, I'm mainly I'm I'm still currently editing patient. Uh, and once we do picture lock, I'm gonna transition into uh, working on some of the sound design uh, for the film alongside the other folks we have doing music and uh, dialogue editing, visual effects, etc. So, gotcha. Do you have any social media that you'd like to plug for the movie? Oh, do I? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, there's our uh, colonized company page. Uh, it's Return Style Pictures. So, uh, ReturnStylePictures.com is the uh, official website, and that actually is a funny story. So, I think we said this. We probably told this publicly before. If not, it's whatever. It's funny. Uh, so, the real reason we called the company Return Style. Now, granted, we did we did decide on it being more effective because of the original original idea I told you, which was. That we you know wanted to return to an older style of filmmaking, and there was just something, uh, something to say about sort of modeling our films after an older sensibility. The other side of the name is Kyle and I were in New York, and we were at a, uh, I believe we were at we were at some sort of film conference, and we were on our way to our buddy's house, Michael Ormiston, who is the uh, DP on Patient. Uh, we were staying with him, and we had our uh, suitcases with us. So we're getting on to Grand Central Station, and we uh, are working our way through the turnstile. You're kind of seeing where this is going, yeah. <laughs> working our way to the turnstile. And um, what happens when Kyle goes through is his luggage, he's got one of those you know, roller carts, you pull up the handle and you roll behind it, and you get stuck in the turnstile. And I don't know if you've ever, um, ever done the thing in New York, but normally when you, when you swipe your card, you can't pay for it again right away or something. Or I can't remember what the situation was. I think he might have been out of money. Anyway, his bags were stuck in the turnstile. Like they were stuck. They were not going anywhere. The thing had like gone into the handle so that it it, it had literally stuck the suitcase in there. Like there was no getting it out. We had to so basically we luckily we had a buddy behind us who had seen our struggle and <laughs> swiped <laughs> us and basically paid for our luggage to go through the turnstile. So that's sort of the the company joke is that Kyle had to redo the turnstile, return style. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, 
but yeah, so our website's returnstylepictures.com. Um, we do some corporate work. We do some event stuff. Um, the features have sort of been our concentration, but we do we do do some like stuff for like businesses and um, anything like that. So uh, you can check us out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash returnstylepictures. Uh, patient, the website is patientfilm.com. And the uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash patientfilm, which is sort of our, our current social media outlet. We haven't done too much with Twitter yet, but that's also um, twitter.com slash or at patientfilm is the handle or whatever the hip term is nowadays. So um, I feel like an old man. Uh, I know <laughs> exactly how you feel. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that patient film, uh, check it out, like it if you haven't seen it. We're going to be kind of just basically just you know we're posting some behind the scenes stills um, and just kind of keeping everybody up to date in the film that'll be the first place to go to when we drop a trailer um, or anything like that relevant to the film so awesome well Jason thank you very much for coming on the show this was a really fun conversation yeah thank you for having me I really appreciate the opportunity to talk film with you and plug my various social media <laughs> yeah talking film is always fun yeah it is and it's it's interesting too because I mean uh, that's one thing I, I really enjoyed about going to SCAD was you could see a movie because I'm the kind of guy and you seem like it too where if you see a movie you see a movie you've got to sit and discuss it like I can't just see a movie and walk out of it and not say anything I've got to yeah I normally like you know I, I try to wait through the credits just it, nothing else out of respect just to show those people that you care about the work they did but also it's a time to you know go to the guy next to you and be like what did you think and just start you know a conversation and I just I, I really am into discussing films and you know finding out what makes a good movie and because I think it's if nothing else it's interesting conversation but it also helps you as a filmmaker kind of decide how to how to make those kind of movies so yeah definitely well thanks again Jason hey thank you very much Derek I look forward to hearing the podcast and uh, I will talk to you later that'll do it for this week's show thanks again to Jason Sheedy for that really fun conversation about film as well as his upcoming film Patient I can't wait to find out more about it next week we will revisit the Lost Souls film with actress Whitney Manine and it's a very fun interview she's actually a really huge comedy fan so if you love comedies you'll definitely want to tune in next week for that and don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at DDiamondExp. You can like us on Facebook at The Derek Diamond Experience. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And that'll do it. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.